Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, my MLH family. Uh, good morning, Pastor. Um, I, I, I want to honor you this morning and thank you for all that you do for us here at MLH. Um, special welcome to everybody. Familiar faces, familiar names, but it's always such a joy to see, to see you all. Um, I, I'm going to share a message that I, I believe the Lord made on my heart. Last night, I, I, when I woke up, it came back to mind. And I thought this was, this, this was a Lord. It's a message that I prepared in several years ago, actually. And, um, and so I am going to believe that this is, this is what the Lord wants me to share with you. Um, so Father, as I share what I believe it is you have laid on my heart, Father, I pray God that you will speak through me. Here I am, Lord, an instrument in your hands, an instrument that as in the natural is, is lifeless. An instrument has no say in how the musician plays it. And though there is physical life in my body, God, and breath in my body, Father, I, I choose to be an instrument in your hands this morning. And I ask God that will, you will use me, Father, as you seek it. Father, I pray, God, for the energy to deliver the word that I believe you've laid on my heart. So I pray, God, for the ears that hear, that they will receive it as you intend, Father. So, Lord, I hand over to you even now, and I thank you, and I give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, I want to start out by sharing a picture of um, a plant. I, I do hope I can get this uh, to work. Uh, just, just bear with me a second, please. Okay. Um, What's happening here? Okay, there we go. All right, so I want you to take a good look at this plant. Um, some of you may be familiar with it, some of you may not be, but bear this in mind. I want you to spend a few seconds just scrutinizing it, taking in all as many details as you can see. And um, for those of us who will be, those of you who will be listening on MixLR, I will, on, on our SoundCloud, I will describe what we're looking at to you. It's a green leafed plant and it has pink blossoms coming out from different places in the plant. And those pink blossoms pretty much cover, well, not quite cover, but, but there are a lot of blossoms all over the plant. And the plant, for those of us who are not familiar with, with, with this plant, the plant can, can go up to, I think, probably over six, seven feet tall. This one was certainly taller than me, and I'm, I'm just, I'm five, six or thereabouts. So it's a plant that really gets very tall. So um, bear that in mind as I speak. Um, so as I share with you this morning, the message really is centered around this plant and I took a picture that's an actual picture that I took many years ago and it was at a friend's house a few of us were getting together had a get together and we were outside the, the, my friend's house in her yard and it's a very big yard and I kept smelling 
this fragrance. And I thought it was perfume. I thought, I thought one of us was, was wearing perfume. One of the other ladies was, was wearing perfume. And I went into different spots in the yard. You may go over, go over here for drinks. You go walk over there. Different places in the yard. I kept, wherever I went, I kept smelling this fragrance. And went back inside, still smelled the fragrance. And so eventually I started thinking, but this can't be perfume because if it's perfume, then though it may linger after someone leaves, it's unlikely that when I go to so many different places in the yard or in the house, the fragrance is there. And eventually I thought, okay, it may be frangipani. That's a plant that I'm familiar with, a plant called frangipani. And I know it's a fragrant plant, very, very pleasant, um, strong fragrance. And so, I, I thought, okay, frangipani, but what I know of frangipani is that frangipani only blooms at night and it's in the night that it emanates this beautiful fragrance. And so it would be unusual for, for me to be smelling this fragrance from frangipani in the daytime. And so that was that, never really thought much of it. And we finished what we we're doing, you know, we had a good time and we're still inside later in the evening chit-chatting and I'm still smelling this fragrance. So I asked my friend who was the hostess if she had frangipani and she said, no. So I said, but I keep smelling this fragrance and she smiled and she pointed out the window to a plant and she said, no, it's that plant. And that's a plant that I took the picture of that you saw earlier. And before I really recognized that that is the plant she was pointing to, she kept pointing and she said, that's a plant and I'm looking and I'm like, and she's like, that's a plant. And she's pointing, but it's not registering to me what it is she's trying to point out. And I, it didn't register because I didn't think that the kind of fragrance I was smelling could come from the plant that I was looking at. Even though I, I had a plant, similar plant still do, I have a similar plant in my garden, but my plant has never bloomed and it has never had that fragrance. So that even made it worse. I couldn't appreciate or understand why that fragrance was coming from, from that plant. And so she took me outside to see the plant. And I kept saying to her, and what, what I'm saying to you are notes I made at the time, although it was so, so long ago. And I kept saying to her, no way, it can't be that plant. And I was in shock because I thought I knew this plant very well and nothing I knew of this plant was that it produced a blossom, let alone a fragrance. And so my title to you this morning of this message is No Bloom, No Fragrance. And I want you to note that carefully, No Bloom, No Fragrance. And so in my exhortation to you this morning, I wanna ask us a few questions. And the first question I want to ask is, do we as Christians, do you as a Christian, carry the fragrance of God wherever you go? I didn't know where this fragrance was coming from as I moved around that yard, but I knew the fragrance was there. Second Corinthians 2 verse 15 says, we, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Ephesians 5, 1 says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, 
just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Now I have seen a common thread through my recent messages. And some of you may think, boy, it's overkill. I, I, I don't look at it that way. I, I think it means that the Lord has something that he wants us to get. And so I really pray that we receive it as such. And so the question I wanna ask us this morning is how do we treat people around us? When those around us, whether it's family, friends, co-workers, interact with us, is there a fragrance that is coming from us? And is that the fragrance of Christ? How do we speak to persons we encounter on a daily basis? Are those who, those persons who know us or those who we encounter able to say that, um, boy, I don't know anything about Tamar. I, I don't know anything about Rifa. I don't really know, know, know Paul very well. I don't know Ruth. But there is something different about him. There is something different about her. When, I, when I'm in their presence, I, speak, I, I feel respected. I feel as if they care for me. I feel loved. There's something different emanating from them, grace. Can someone who doesn't even know you say that of you? Titus 3 verses 1 to 8 says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of our God and Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of right, righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. And I want us to reflect on that scripture this morning. Can that be said of you this morning? And so let me, let me go back to the plant. As I continue to reflect on the plant, I remember that everywhere in the yard I went, I was smelling this fragrance. And it turned out that there was a plant to the side of the house and there were plants to the back of the house. So wherever I went, the fragrance was there. And the difference between my plant and as I said earlier, the plant that I showed you, the picture I showed you, was that one was blooming and from the blossoms came the fragrance and the other was not blooming. And because the one that was blooming was present in so many places in the yard, wherever you went in the yard, you smelled the fragrance. And so my second question to you this morning is, are you consistent in exuding the fragrance of Christ? Or is it that somebody may go to the back of the yard and they smell you, but if you're in the front of the yard, they're not smelling anything. If, they're in, if you're inside the house, they're not smelling anything. But if you go to the side, you can smell it. 
Is that you this morning? Can that be said of you this morning? Are you consistent in that wherever you go, whoever you are with, whatever the occasion, those around you can consistently say, I smell the fragrance of God on this person. This person is emanating something that is different. Or, or do we just adjust how we speak and how we act depending on those who are around us? We're, we're, we're very good at being Christians. We're very good at the, the Christian talk. We're very good at the Christian behavior. But are we bold in carrying that fragrance and emanating that fragrance wherever we go? Or do we just look the part and we sound the part, but we do not live the part? We do not carry the fruits of the spirit that I've spoken about so many times recently. We do not wear the fragrance of God. Are you a part-time Christian? What, what, what about those who are close to you? Would somebody who is close to you say, boy, kind of part-time Christian, I'm a nine look like when we call her, she did up on her day off. Can somebody say that about you? That sometimes it looks like you take a day off from being a Christian? Or are you consistent? And I want us, I want us to, be, to be brutal in examining ourselves this morning. And, and, and as, as you listen to me speak, don't be thinking, oh, you, yes, I'm thinking about Mary Jane, or I'm thinking about John Brown. No, 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 how about yourself? Where do you fit in all of this? As you examine yourself, have, are you found wanting? Do you come up short? Don't, don't, don't focus on somebody else and say, yes, it's such a stay. Yes, it's a him stay. Acts 28 verse 31 says, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Is that us? I know I am found wanting because there are times when I am shy, there are times I've shared, um, like last week when I shared where I feel intimidated, but are we, are, are we even challenging ourselves? Are, are we holding ourselves to account to say, no, I need to step up here because, because I'm found wanting. I'm not moving with boldness and without hindrance as the scripture encourages us to do. I'm not exuding the fruits of the spirit as it talks about in Galatians 5, as we're so familiar with. 1 John 2, verse 6 says, whomever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Are we living as Jesus did? Or are we living how we choose to live? Are we adapting the, the things that the, the scripture speaks about to our quote-unquote modern-day society? Are, are we trying to, to, to make the scripture fit what we feel comfortable with? Or are we holding ourselves to what the scripture speaks about and, and requires of us in terms of living as Jesus did? And as... The, the, the Holy Spirit continued to speak to me when I was, when I was preparing this um, message however many years ago. The next thing that I was thinking back on at the time was why was I in shock and awe when I realized where the fragrance was coming from? When I realized which plant was responsible for this sweet fragrance that I was smelling? 
And so my third question to you this morning, and this is going to be a short message, but I want you to note the points carefully. My third question to you this morning is, do you judge others? How many times as Christians do we misjudge people and form the wrong impression of them because they do not look like what we expect them to look like? Can we look beyond our prejudices and biases to see the God-given gift and potential in someone and accept that? 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 reads, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no man may boast before him. Are you guilty of looking at what God has handpicked handpicked even before that person became a person, even before conception, and having been now born into this world, and the Lord has handpicked that person, are you looking at that person and saying, no, 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 you, you don't fit. You're, you're not worthy to be called. Just like how I looked at that plant, and because of my own experience with a similar plant, I'm saying, no, no, the fragrance could never be coming from that plant. Are you guilty of that this morning? 1 Samuel 16, verses 6 to 12, a scripture that I think we're all familiar with, says, when they arrived, Samuel said to Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and he had him brought in. He was glowing with health, health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. How many Davids have you encountered in your life that you have dismissed because they do not look the part? Is there a David in your life, even now, maybe someone who is on the platform here with us this morning, there may be several Davids in NLH that the Lord has handpicked for his purpose. He has gifted, he has called to accomplish something that he has chosen them to accomplish, but you're saying, no, 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 no. 
it can't be that person because they, they don't look the part. Make, make them still their tending sheep. That's where they belong. But the Lord has said it. This is the one I have chosen. The Lord has put Pastor Ava as a person in authority, the, the pastor in authority over this church, over this ministry. And he has spoken to Pastor Ava and said, this is the one I have chosen for this, that, or the other. But you are sitting there looking on puffed up and, 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 and resentful because you're saying, no, 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 that, that person don't fit that part. How dare you? How dare us this morning think that we are in a better position than God to determine who is to do what? So, so let us be careful not to be like, like Jesse was. Jesse himself was saying, okay, let me send for that one. Let me send, because in his mind, he was saying, no, no, no. This one, Shama is, is, is perhaps the candidate. And when it wasn't Shama, he sent for the other one and the other one and the other one. But the Lord had already handpicked David. So let us be careful not to dismiss the Davids that the Lord has chosen. In James 2, verse 1 to 10, verses 1 to 10, it reads, excuse me. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, Here's a good seat for you. But say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor is not the rich who are exploiting you? Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Think about that. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Let us not be guilty of that this morning, but let us accept who the Lord has chosen for what he needs to do and support, be, 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 be the one who lifts up the right arm and the left arm and support our brothers and sisters as they, as they do what the Lord has called them to do. Don't look at that plant and say, no, 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 it can't be him because they don't fit the part. And my fourth question to you is, do we judge by what we know? Remember I said to you that my friend was pointing to the plant and I did not immediately accept that that could in fact be the plant producing such a fragrance. It was not because I didn't see the, the plant. She was pointing and I was looking 
So it was not because I did not see it, but it was because my mind was blocked because I could not expect that the fragrance would be coming from the tree, but to, to listen carefully. It was because of my own experience with the plant why I could not accept that the fragrance could have been coming from that plant. I had the very same plant. Remember I said that? I had the very same plant in my garden for years. And for as many years as I had it, it up, please. Sorry, just give me a sec, please. So this is a plant that was a fragrant plant. And on the left is my plant that it was in my garden. On the right is a, is a Google picture of it that, that shows perhaps a brighter image of what the, the plant looks like. You may now be familiar with it looking at the Google image. And so the plant on the left, that you're looking at. And again, for those who are listening on, on, um, on SoundCloud, it's a similar plant I described earlier, except that this plant now has no bloom, no blossoms coming out of it. It's just a long green leaves. It's still tall, still full, but no blossoms coming out of it. And so that is my plant. And so because that is what I was familiar with, I had blocked in my mind that this fragrance could possibly be coming from that plant because that was not my experience with that plant. What's the point I'm making here? The point I'm making and the question I want to ask is, have you ever encountered an old friend or acquaintance who, when you knew them, they were as far from God as they could be? But somewhere along their journey, they came to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord, and they're now living victoriously and completely in him. But you fail to look past the person you knew. You fail to look past the fact that I had no experience of that person being any person with no blossom and fragrance. And so though they're the one, they're, they're, they're demonstrating the fruits of the spirit and everything, you have so blocked your mind because that was never your experience with them. The fragrance of Christ is all over them, but you're stuck in the past, unwilling to celebrate with them what the Lord is now doing in, in them and has done, continues to do. And you're unwilling to accept the new person they are because you're stuck in the past. You've locked persons in a box and you've confined them to what you knew about them and you have not embraced the change that the Lord is bringing about in them. You have will, not, not that you don't, you don't smell the fragrance, but you have now chosen to block your nostrils. You have chosen to blind your eyes, willful blindness, to the difference that is in that person's life because of the transformation that the Lord is making in them and has made in them. And it is something that can be very real and present. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be somebody you knew from childhood. Think about even here in our own NLH family, 
the first time you met somebody, what that person was like, and the Lord is bringing about a transformation in them, but you refuse to accept that transformation because you have locked them into who they used to be. Are you that person? Or it could be the reverse. It could be that you are the person who has been transformed or who is being transformed, but others have locked you in a box. Let us give each other room to grow. Let us give each other room to grow. Let us give each other the opportunity to bloom and blossom into what the Lord has created us to be. Let us, let us, let us not lock persons into the past, what they used to be. And let us free each other up to be what the Lord has in fact called us to be. And my final point, question to you this morning, in the, in the, my final point in the form of a question, question number five is, are you nurturing your plant? And as I was preparing this way back when, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, could it be that although both plants, my plant and her plant, were the same species, one had been planted and nurtured in an environment that will enable it to realize its full potential, come to bloom and be fragrant, but the other plant lacked the nurturing that it needed to thrive. As children of God, we all have God-given gifts and potential. We have been given talents that, and gifts that have been put in us from before we were even conceived. Things, talents and gifts that we were born with. But those talents and gifts need to be nurtured in order to come to full bloom. Are we doing what is required of us so we can grow? and mature. Psalm 1 verses 1 to 4 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of waters which yield fruits in its season whose leaves do not wither and whatever he does prospers. It's important for us to dwell by the river of waters as the scripture says. Psalm 91 also says dwelling in the secret place of the most high. That is important. Another thing, however, that is equally important I, I, or, or maybe not equally, but very important, is being deliberate about being nurtured. We have a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night here at NNH. How many of us make an effort to turn out for prayer? Fasting and prayer is one way of feeding your spirit. It's one way of nurturing what it is the Lord has put in you. There are times when different events, different opportunities come up and we're invited to be a part of that so that we can be nurtured or spiritual gifts and talents can be developed 
and 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 would bloom and would become more fragrant. How many of us make use of those opportunities that have been prevented presented to us? Even this cruise that 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 the, the Lord has placed on on Pastor Ava's heart is not just fun and play. It's an opportunity for us to come together as brothers and sisters to be nurtured and to encourage each other. That is a part of the nourishment that we need in the body of Christ to become what the Lord has called us to be. That's a part of the nourishment that we need to bloom those, to, to produce those blossoms, to, to give off the fragrance that we need to exude as, 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 as children of God. So that wherever we go, wherever you go, those around you can smell that sweet fragrance because there's something different about you. Look like everything else in the garden, possibly, but there is something uniquely different about you because you're bearing, you're producing, you're emanating the fragrance of Christ. And as I close, contemplate this question. It's actually, this is actually my last question. It wasn't five, it was six. My final question to you is, are you the real deal? I thought as coming off point five, that spoke about the nurturing environment. Way back then, this actually was in, in 2017. Way back then after I got home and I was so excited about the fragrance that was coming from this plant. And as, as the Lord started to speak to me when I was preparing this message, I said, well, maybe it's just not the right environment. And so I went and I dug up my plant because my plant was in the back, which was over a covered um, pergola. And so I went and I dug it up because I said, no, man, I want my plant to produce these blossoms and the fragrance that this other plant was producing. And I went and I dug it up and I, I put it now in the sun and I started watering it and nurturing it and thing. We're five years later and that plant still has not produced any blossoms. There's still no fragrance coming from it. Nice and tall and fluffy, just the same, but nothing is coming from it. So are you the real deal? What could be wrong? Could it be that like the plant, we look like the real deal? We talk like the real deal? We go to church, we do all the perceived right things, but we're falling short of what God requires of us so that we cannot produce his fragrance. Second Timothy speaks of having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. When we go to the Lord, do we truly believe what it is we go to him asking for? Do we believe what it is we're, we're, we're praying about? Do we have the faith? Are we really living as we're called to live as believers? Do we in one breath profess that we believe and we have faith, but in another breath, breath we're tearing down what it is that we just said? Do we praise God and we quote scripture in one breath, but in the other breath we're gossiping and tearing down each other? Do we tell half, half truths or do we, do we drop word when we're speaking about people? Are we deceptive? Are we misleading? So are you the real deal? Or are you just a, 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 a camouflage, a duplicate, but not the real thing, a counterfeit? 
And as I close, the name of the plant that I'm speaking of, the, the scientific name, and we can write it down if you want to, or ask for it. The name of the plant is Dracaena fragrance, D-R-A-C-A-E-N-A. That's D-R-A-C-A-E-N-A, fragrance, F-R-A-G-R-A-N-S. And when I Google it, it says it's also called the showy and fragrant plant. And I smiled when I read that. I said, are, are we showy and fragrant? Can others say of us, boy, she's showy and fragrant? And not, not in a boastful way. I'm talking about the things of God. Are we showy and fragrant as, as believers? Let us be deliberate about being showy and fragrant. Let us examine ourselves to see where we're falling short this morning and consider what we need to do to consistently exude the fragrance of Christ. And again, as it was the case last week, this is the message that requires a response. And I am going to encourage you that if you do not know the Jesus Christ that I'm talking about, and you, as a result, are not emanating the fragrance of God, here's an opportunity for you this morning to give your life to him. And I, I want to invite you, if you're on the platform, to raise your hand. If you're listening, you can drop us an email at newhorizonmin at gmail.com. Somebody help me with the phone number, please. I'm always having a challenge remembering the phone number. 469 333 0397. Thank you. 469 We do invite you to commit your life to the Lord and would love to hear from you. And if you are here this morning and you are a believer, you're listening to me and you've committed your life to the Lord, but you're not consistently showy and fragrant. You're a part-time Christian. There are some days you choose to take a day off. You show up sometimes, you don't show up sometimes. This is a message that requires introspection mm -hmm. and repentance, mm -hmm. confession, and asking the Lord to help you where you fall short. Yeah. So who, wherever you fall this morning, I invite you to respond to this message. Mm. God bless you. Amen. Amen.